0: Hello and welcome to the show. In the past on the podcast, I've spoken about how we can take a multidisciplinary approach to improving our businesses because there are things that people do in other industries which, if we adopt all these best practices, will make us uh, better and more sound at the end of the day. And One of those examples that I've given in the past has been the idea of the decision-making unit or the DMU, as people in the construction space and the engineering space like to call it. You know those people like the acronyms. So, if you're doing some research into that area, don't be surprised the number of uh, acronyms that you come across when you're looking at uh, construction people, project management people, engineering people. So, uh, yeah, so that's it. The acronym, the DMU, the decision-making unit. And the idea behind the decision-making unit is this. Is that if you're trying to court a um, several number of people for a project if you're trying to seal the deal then you're not going to be effective until you know who the key stakeholders are in arriving at the decision so if the key stakeholders involves a number of individuals let's say five or six but you're only talking to two then you know that your um, chances of sealing the deal are not uh, robust they are not high so let's give an example for someone in the construction or in the engineering space. Let's say you work with uh, Julius Berger, for instance. Or anyway, I'm told that it's Julius Berger. That's what I'm told. But since um, those of us in this part of the world, in Nigeria, we call it Julius Berger, let me stick to the Nigerian pronunciation. So let's say you work with Julius Berger or Dantata or any of these other um, companies and you're trying to seal the deal um, to build a bridge or an expressway or you work with IRA contractors or any of the other contractors around here. Now, you know that your stakeholders probably are um, some ministry officials. Depending on how big the project is, you might need to have someone in on the uh, presidency. Um, What else? You also need some local stakeholders, uh, maybe people, like if you're based in Abuja, uh, who knows? Maybe members of the um, Abuja Municipal Council, you know, people on the grassroots level need to be taken along uh you probably need to have someone on the inside when it comes to the ministry of um ministry of works i think there's a ministry of public works or something like that so you have someone in on the ministry of works now i'm not involved in this industry so i am just guessing let's say you're an engineer listening to this podcast and you think that some of the things i've said are outlandish maybe like on the presidency it's possible that the presidency might not need to be brought in but the bottom line that i'm trying to make is that For a project such as this you can see that you don't just have one buyer because they are key stakeholders that yes at the end of the day the government might pay for the project but you might have to be um, toasting cajoling persuading and building relationships with uh, people in key um, sectors so some people at the grassroots level so uh, you know you have someone in municipal council you have someone at the ministry level and uh, on and on and possibly even maybe trying to talk to and build relationships with the banks for when it comes time to finance the deal so you can see that in complex and complicated sales scenarios like this having an idea of a decision-making um, unit and who the key stakeholders are is absolutely pivotal because if you spend all your time talking with people at the grassroots level let's say um, the municipal council but you're not talking to people in the Ministry of Works, then, of course, your chances for sealing the deal are going down. In fact, it might be minuscule, because in this case, we've spoken about, um, we've free on a number of stakeholders, and um, in this scenario, you're only talking to one, so your chances of closing the deal are little to none. Now, let me repeat, I'm not a construction professional. So I don't know who the key stakeholders would be in these kinds of scenarios. So I'm just freestyling off the top of my head here, but the same applies to the rest of us. So for those of us in the wedding and the event space, we can take this kind of um, uh, reasoning to try and figure out who the um, critical stakeholders are, map out the decision-making unit, and then that informs our um, plan by which we're going to attack this problem. Now, the idea behind this is simple. Like I've said, know who the key players are and make sure that they are involved in various um, aspects of the conversation and in the relationships that you are trying to build. Now, how does this apply to the wedding and the event space? I'll give an example of something that I did just recently. So I've been in conversations um, with the bride, and of course, we've looked at a number of number of offerings a number of packages and we've not just discussed photography and video but the other services that my partners and I provide so we've looked at um, sound for the event hall we've looked at um, lighting uh, what else we've looked at uh, special effects we've looked at photo booths we looked at a comprehensive deal surrounding um, surrounding multimedia and then of course I started asking the key questions um, you know what does Oga think by Olga I mean um, her husband-to-be. Because um, for me, I like to keep these things nice and conversational, not very formal. So she hasn't told me what his name is. I'm not going to press. So I keep on referring him to, to him as uh, different things. You know, Mr. Charming, uh, Oga, your husband, your husband-to-be, your better half. You know, I call him different things. So i um, asking, like, uh, what does he think? When is he going to be in town? When can we meet? And, of course, I'll be getting pushback that... Um, you know he doesn't want to talk to me he prefers to go through her and all of that and i don't have a problem with that i mean continuing the conversation with um would be ideal if you have most of the decision makers um on board but seeing that the wedding is going to be um next year is still several months away i can understand why her husband to be would be um hesitant but eventually we get to the stage where we're talking um real hard facts and so to qualify be sure that i have the right decision making unit it's something i just put to her i just told her hey look after all the wedding day is all about you and um you know you're the bride here so everything falls on your head whatever it is you say you want just say it and he'll go along and that's when she laughed and she said oh actually it doesn't work that way that in our part of the country is the groom's family who is responsible for these sorts of things and then, of course, I used that as an opportunity to, you know, have some light conversation and build rapport as well. I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. That's how things happen in my place as well. Now, for the traditional wedding, we would go over to the bride's place. But then for the white wedding, the court, w- the court wedding, the church wedding, um, the more formal stuff, that falls into the groom's family. And then I asked, oh, where are you from? She's like, oh, I'm from Yobe." You know, some conversations back and forth, you know, rapport building. Saying that we're both okay, Yoba is not north central, okay. Well, actually, it's farther from north central, but anyway, there's some uh, common similarities there between her um, part of the country in Nigeria and uh, mine, at least on a superficial level. But by making that question, by making that push, by putting the challenge that hey, you're the bride, so after all, it all falls now to you at the end of the day, I got a sense of who the decision making unit is and that it absolutely includes her husband. He can't be cut out of the picture and his own side of the family because traditionally that is how things are done and in fact it's a problem that uh, some of us who have been raised in lagos or only started our businesses in lagos in the wedding and the event space is a problem that some of us fall into because in that part of the world um in uh the west is that western nigeria or southern nigeria mm, okay let's say well i'm not sure anyway but basically in uh, lagos uh iloring um or shung, you know, those um, um, environs there, um, a lot of the wedding falls to the bride family. And so if you started your business career there in the event space, you just assume that the key decision makers are the bride and the family members. But then you move to other parts of the country, like I am currently right now in Abuja. I'm not sure what it is in other parts of the country, like the East, or what operates in your own part of the world, because I hear that in Poland, they have some interesting wedding customs that are similar to ours. Because while I was a civil servant in uh, Scotland, I got to interact with uh, people from different parts of the world. You know, the Russians, the Polish, um, you know, get to see how people do different things in other parts of the world. And um, yeah, so in different parts of the world, it might not be the case that uh, the bride is the only person that you should be talking to or her parents. The decision-making unit might be um, wider. So this is just an example how... Using this idea of the decision-making unit and critical stakeholders increases our chance of growing the sale. So now that I've gotten confirmation for sure that we can cut out the groom's family, that's going to be a key part of my strategy moving forward to make sure that we secure the deal, not just for wedding photography and video, but also uh, for the rest of the multimedia aspects of the wedding, the photo booth, the light, the sound, uh, the after effects and um, all that jazz. So in whatever business that you're involved in, whether you're involved in real estate or alternative energy solutions because you sell solar panels or maybe you run a fishery or you sell chickens or you sell eggs, whatever it is, you always have to have in mind this idea of the decision-making unit and what the critical path is for making decisions. So if you sell eggs, you need to know if the decision-making unit for the hotel, you need to know if you have to talk to the general manager or the owner or the operations manager, or if it's the head chef, or if it's a combination of any number of these people, because this is what is going to help you seal the deal. If you'll you'll be understandable if you meet the head chef or the head of kitchen and start the negotiations with him. But at the end of the day, you might find out that the head chef doesn't have any um, executive power when it comes to writing checks. So he might think it's a good idea, but he doesn't cut the checks. If the person who cuts the check is the owner or the general manager, then you might be out of luck. So figure out from the beginning what the decision-making unit is, what the critical decision-making process is, and make sure that you involve all these people at the right time in the conversations. And when it comes to building the relationships, these are things that you can do that will help um, increase your chance of um, closing the sale and building your business um, better. So as we go along in the podcast, I'm still going to share some more tips and tricks, not just of how to improve your sales, um, using traditional sales techniques um, in general, but also we be looking for specifics about how people in other disciplines uh, come up with these uh, principles and execute these principles, because it's my firm um, belief that we get stronger the more diverse experiences, the more diverse um, use case scenarios and examples that we have at our disposals it makes us more nimble, much more creative in the sales process and also much more confident because um, we are not scared that anything is going to come up that we will not uh, that we won't be able to deal with. So thank you very much for listening to today's episode. I'll catch you guys at the next recording. Productive day.